Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness, and this is the Beantown Podcast for Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Drinco, as a lot of people on Twitter are calling it. Sunday, May 5th, 2019, first podcast of May. What's going on? How are you? This is me, and we are coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, in case anyone's curious, Nevada, yes, that is the correct pronunciation. I have heard, and I didn't experience this myself because I I didn't want to encounter the ribbing, but I heard that if you come here and you call it Nevada, they they have a legal right to shoot you, at least within Clark County. It's kind of like if you go to Illinois and say Illinois or Oregon and say Oregon or any other number of states where you could potentially mispronounce their name. But yes, Las Vegas, Nevada means the Vegas in Nevada or uh, in Spanish. Excuse me. That was embarrassing. It is Cinco de Mayo and we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, synchro, synch, synchro, synchronizing Cinco de Mayo tribute a little later on in the podcast when we roll around to our ads here going to show off some of our globalism but i should let you know that the beantown podcast is the people's podcast it is the uh, number one source of misinformation out there on the internet probably and you can always use hashtag friends of the podcast when you are talking about beantown online with your friends with your family with your neighbors with your club penguin mates with your brothel i don't know wherever wherever you find your sense of community that's what i love about beantown because anyone is welcome i don't care if you're tall if you're short if you're transgender if you're transsexual if you're a neutrogena girl if you're a maybelline girl it really doesn't matter even if you're a maybelline guy you can listen to the Beantown podcast and you can enjoy it. Well, we have got a lot going on. And before I jump into that, I should tell you that listener discretion is advised. When you're checking out the Beantown podcast, number one, we'll occasionally use some Las Vegas themed language. And I can tell you off the bat, um, just based off of some things that have happened to me in the past couple of days in terms of quotable experiences there will be some aggressive language being used so just be on the lookout for that number two this podcast is objectively terrible but i gotta tell you i'm pretty excited about what we've got going on today first thing to let you know is that i'm doing it for a second week on my work computer meaning we're using audacity not garage band meaning you won't be finding this episode on youtube I I I spent usually even on Audacity the audio is pretty uh clear. I can get it set up quickly, no problems, do do one or two tests and we're good to go. Today it was giving me the business and I'm having a tough time telling if it's the Samsung QTU that's not set up correctly, if it is something wrong with the playback. I don't know. I I'm, I'm having some issues first things that first thing that was happening was I would hit record and then the instant I would start speaking to the mic it would just be 
a straight static sound. It wouldn't get any louder. It wouldn't get any softer to reflect what I was doing with my voice. It was, I was the minute I would speak into it, just until I would stop the recording. We were finally able to put an end to that clearly, hopefully if you're listening to this right now, but then I was having a tough time differentiating between just me speaking to the computer and speaking to the Samsung Q2U series. My copy of Audacity has shown me that it's recognizing my Samsung Q2U, but on the, the playback, it hasn't always sounded like it's um, it's going. So that's interesting. Hey, just I, so I'm, I'm watching the TV right now. I'm sitting in my hotel room, and you won't guess what series of commercials they've been running since I've been getting since I've gotten here. So on TBS. Um, they've had the Star Wars marathon yesterday and then apparently today as well because I woke up and Empire Strikes Back was on and it's still on there and uh, best pin there. But advertisements, I've seen maybe three or four of them for Toon Blast, right? You thought I was crazy. No, Toon Blast is a uh, global phenomenon and they have Ryan Reynolds doing, uh, he's in each one of those ad spots. I've seen three different ones now. He's sitting there. And funny stuff's happening to him, but he doesn't have a care in the world because he's got his tunes. So for any of you who thought last week, oh, Quinn, you're crazy. No one plays this game. Are you kidding me? Ryan Reynolds plays Tune Blast, so take that to the bank. Okay. So when we checked in on you last week, we were in Chicago, and there was a blizzard the day before last Saturday Eight days ago in Chicago, there was a blizzard. Sunday was the start of work, and honestly, from Sunday until Friday, it, it was a barn burner with working. On uh, Monday, we flew to St. Louis, which is kind of absurd. It's a four-hour drive. By the time you do all the flights and stuff, it's um, you're not saving any time. So, and when you're six one. 210, 215, it's just, frankly, it's not fun to fly an airplane. I don't care if you get aisle seat. I don't care if you get middle seat. It's just you're not going to have a good time, and I didn't have a good time. If I'm being TBH with you, totally bitching honest. But this was interesting, and I've got there's a lot coming on this podcast today, so apologies because we're probably going to run long. If you're curious, yes, we're getting to our top 10 horse names. That's at the very end, so you can skip to that if you don't want to hear some good travel stories and what I've been doing in Vegas. But um, Southwest Airlines, this isn't really a call out. It's just kind of curious. So our flight is scheduled for something like, I don't know, 1250, and... You get to the airport and it says scheduled time 12.50, new time 1 p.m. So it's delayed by 10 minutes, right? But Southwest isn't willing to call it delay. They're just saying, no, we just changed your flight time. But what's the difference between delaying a flight and just changing the start time? If you could just change the start time of your flight, and avoid calling it a delay, then everyone would just do that. So Southwest, I don't think you quite understand what delay means. If I tell you that I'm going to have a doctor's appointment at 1.30 and the doctor's not ready for me until 2.15, that doctor is going to say, 
we were running behind or we were delayed or we were late for your appointment. They're not going to say, no, we just, without consulting you, we changed the start time. So you got to, you got to know how to use the term delay, I think, and you got to own up to the consequences. I tell you what, I'm watching Empire right now, not the uh, Jesse Smollett show. I'm watching Empire Strikes Back and, oh man, Luke versus Vader saber fight on cloud city luke just leaps out of the carbon freezing machine and oh this is the greatest lightsaber battle of all time i don't care i don't care how cool the dancing choreography from darth maul was i don't care how epic mustafar was battle of the heroes i don't even care about that throne room scene in uh last jedi which we won't speak of empire strikes back number five the second star wars movie they ever made the stakes are the highest they've ever been luke is fresh he's young he's got a lot of energy invader is getting really his first lightsaber test in i don't know some 35 years so actually way less than that it's like 25 but Man, this is good stuff. They're getting to the they're getting to the big scene. I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it. <clears throat> but man, you should check it out. Empire still easily the best Star Wars movie, and it's not close. So after we hit up St. Louis, we uh we drove to Memphis, which wasn't bad. I made that drive. It's about four hours. Um and we do some work down there. I should mention I was traveling in a group, um, and not a group of co-workers a group of other workers from other universities but we're traveling together on the road and so we're going out um oh, i always love this scene in empire when vader's hurling the stuff at him with a force and luke they they didn't do a fantastic job with the choreography there because luke just is like swinging around aimlessly and it's like i know you don't have c- good control of the force yet but he's just swinging at stuff and stuff's hitting him in the back so it doesn't really make sense to me um, we're going out on Beale Street after, and it's pretty quiet because it's a it's a Tuesday night, I think, in Memphis. So there's not a ton happening on Beale Street, but the weather was nice, and we were just walking around and um, not looking to really uh, establish ourselves anywhere. It's just kind of walking down the street, experiencing it. <laughs> so there's this band playing outside. I don't know exactly what the name of the venue is. It's not a bar. It's just like an open area. There not even like drinks there. It's just open. Um, and there's this band playing songs and they're all right, whatever, but we're sitting there watching. We've been standing there for like two or three minutes. And all of a sudden this, this scrawny white guy who couldn't have been any older than 20, 25 is like pretty short. He's got like the long jean shorts on and just kind of like, uh, I don't mean to generalize, but looks, looks kind of white trashy. He walked, I couldn't hear the conversations he was having with them on the stage, but they let him take the mic. And so he wants to sing a little Elvis because, you know, it's Memphis. And so they start playing Hound Dog. But this guy's vocal cover of Hound Dog, it's, it's not like, oh, my God, this is so bad. It was just so different. I had never heard anything like it. So normally Hound Dog is, you ain't nothing but a Hound Dog crying all the time. This guy, and I'm going to piss off my neighbors in my hotel room, but he goes, you. 
yakking about hound dog, crying all the time. You ain't yakking about hound dog. <laughs> he was really getting his jowls into it. I don't know if this guy was on meth, if he just had about eight too many uh, PBRs. I'm not entirely certain, but it, it wasn't even that bad. It was just so different. And the screeching and the howling was hound dog-esque. So if you ever have the chance to go back to Beale Street and you hear, he really goes from high to low very quickly there. But, um, wow, yeah, good on the band for, for giving him a shot. But, hey, Beale Street is always entertaining. Um, we woke up the next morning. We got some Gibson's Donuts. They are famous on the podcast. You remember our episode from just about a year ago, Memphis on the Banks of the Mississippi. We wrote about it a little bit in our Beantown blog this past week. It's a good time to plug the blog. Um, as a reminder, one of our big year two projects was launching BeantownPodcast.com. And with that, we launched the Beantown blog. So all you beaners out there can go listen to it. I just, <laughs> I know Friends of the Podcast was something we came up with like last fall. And it's good. And it's good for a hashtag. And, you know, every, like every other month or so, you'll see that hashtag thrown out there by you the fans but i kind of like calling the fans of the podcast beaners <laughs> i think i could make some t-shirts or something i'll i'll keep you updated on that uh beaners but um got some gibson's donuts had uh, a couple people i was traveling with who had never heard of gibson's before and i think we converted them you know gibson's classic i had a new orleans donut for the first time and that's always curious to me. Luke, right before Luke gets his hand chopped off in Cloud City, he totally nails Vader in the shoulder. And basically, it seems like Vader's like shoulder pads that he's wearing are like completely lightsaber deflective or something. But it doesn't really, that, that bit of it doesn't really make sense to me. If you go back, you watch the replay. It's right. It's literally three seconds before Luke gets his hand cut off. He nails Vader in the shoulder, close to his neck, and it just just kind of like sparks fly, and Vader like reaches for it, like it hurts, but um, but there's no damage or anything, and Vader doesn't really seem phased because he uh, he uh, he moves into a big piece after this. So that was Memphis Hound Dog Gibson's. We then went to Nashville. I'll try not to say anything about Nashville because I don't want to alienate my listener base, but I tell you what, man, it's just, it's too much. It's kind of like a precursor to what I'm going to say about Vegas, but there's just too many people and it's, the, the traffic is really bad. Broadway is like fine, but it's kind of just a party all the time. And I, to me personally, it's just way too much. We were at a bar late on Wednesday night, and there was this girl who was um, definitely had been overserved. And it's interesting because in some in some bars and some environments, if you're really having a good time and you start getting up dancing on the bar, you're just kind of one of the one of the crowd at that point having a good time. This bar was not that scene. Despite the live music and despite the drinks flowing, this girl gets up, dances on the bar, 
and next thing you know three security guards are in there and it's a it's a showdown between the three security guards and her and the claims that you know she's being molested and all that stuff and getting thrown out on the sidewalk and her dress is halfway over her head it you you should have seen it um it was it was crazy i should mention i wasn't there i actually just heard about it from my friends but there's always a good story to be told in nashville um bna bna airport code for nashville never had any uh trouble never had any issues with bna but boy i tell you what and this is just a little uh niblet here because there isn't even much to the story but so we're sitting there probably about half an hour before our flight's getting ready to board i'm literally sitting in a group with me and my four uh co-worker or colleagues and i'm i'm on the end but we all have our own seats with about usually or i think i think there's one space one seat in between each of us so there's five of us four spaces in between um and I have my luggage like literally next to my seat and I get up and um, I, I'm i going to go to the bathroom right before our flight starts. And so I tell my coworkers, hey, I'm going to the bathroom, just watch my stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. There weren't that many people around. So go to the bathroom <laughs> and uh, while I'm while I'm at the urinal, I hear on the the overhead uh if you left your your luggage in gate C9, can you please come and pick it back up? And I was just I wasn't really paying attention, but I noticed like, oh, that's my gate. I just left to go to the bathroom. It's kind of curious, but I mean, my stuff's with my friends, whatever. I come back. This whole going to the bathroom process takes about 2 to 3 minutes. And I come back and I sit down and all my my colleagues are just laughing their asses off when I walk back. Apparently, when I got up and I went to the bathroom, someone else came over and I never got the description of who it was. If it, I assume it was an older lady. I'm not really sure, though. Um, apparently, someone came over to them and was like, is this baggage yours? And my coworker was like, no, it's it's our friends. He's in the bathroom. And that's what they told the person. And then apparently the person went to the desk and reported my luggage as suspicious. And it's like, uh, what? That's not how this works. That was, man, I, oof, that was rough. I can't believe that doesn't even, it wasn't even anything my colleagues did. They just straight up told him, no, it's our friend. He's in the bathroom. And they still reported it as suspicious. So I didn't have to do anything. You know, I just sit back down in my seat and 10 minutes later I'm boarding my flight but man help I mean come on BNA we're all in this together we're all white and we're all right is maybe what I meant to say but yeah when you're in Nashville you are all white so eventually that goes off Nashville Atlanta was fine didn't really have time to do anything too fun but Flight to Vegas, uh, Friday night was good. Had a window seat. I watched Milk on a plane. I'd never seen Milk before. Sean Penn, James Franco, Diego Luna plays a real nut job in that movie. I don't know if that, that man in real life, was he 
had mental issues or what, but boy, that was crazy. And then, of course, oh, Josh Brolin as Dan White in an unforgettable role. And talk about a guy that really went unhinged. Jeez, local politics. Stuff is crazy. And then uh, Victor Garber, of course, plays Mayor, what's his name, Muscone, something like that, I th- which I thought was a wine flavor until I watched the movie. Now I think, hey, maybe it's the Mayor of San Francisco. So we get to Vegas Friday night. Um, I get in at like 10 p.m. <clears throat> I'm staying at the MGM Grand here on the southern end of the Strip right at Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana, right, kitty corner from the airport. This place is effing huge. You read about it on internet and you see pictures and you say, okay, it's a big complex. You you can't comprehend it until you get there. You check in at the in the hotel lobby, which is an experience unto itself. But then, just to get to your elevators, you have to walk through the casino. It's fascinating. It's not like your classic Homewood Suites, where you check in and oh yeah, elevators are just down around the corner to the left. No, it's check in. Okay, to get to the elevators, let me pull out a map because you got to go through the casino, make this turn. If you get turned around there, that's fine. Just circle back. Do this and this and this and this and this. And then if you're lucky, you'll find the elevators. Holy cow. That, and I still, so this is my third day here now. I'm still kind of having, I don't want to say a tough time because you can find it eventually if you just keep walking. But man, finding the elevators at the MGM Grant, for those of you who are coming next week for Mother's Day, you wouldn't believe how tough it is here to find stuff. And then, so, if you know, everyone kind of knows Las Vegas, but I don't think anyone really knows it until you've experienced it. But a place like the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino, it's not just a hotel and casino. There's a pool complex. And I say complex in that there's like five pools. There's a food court. There are probably a grand total of like 50 or 60 restaurants um, and like 40 of them outside of the food court. There's golf. There's a gym, I assume, although I haven't found it yet. And then there's this whole, they call it the district where it's just shops. It's like a mall all inside of this one resort. And Vegas is crazy. There, I'm sure there are tons. There's, there are other clubs there are other lounges. There's the Brad Garrett Comedy Club here, um, which I was thinking about going to check out, but two things, I two reasons I'm not going to. One, Brad Garrett's not actually there. He's not here until next week. Two, the tickets are like sixty bucks um, for a comedian who's good, but not like I don't want to pay sixty bucks for it. There are there's Jabberwockies who I've heard I'm supposed to know. I don't really know what they are. It kind of seems, I don't think they're like a band per se. They kind of seem like a blue man group thing, very Vegas-y. But there's another like arena here. So this is all just the one resort all or not even a resort, a hotel and casino. So it's a lot, man. You hear about Vegas and then you actually get there and it's, I was actually, I was at, uh, 
at dinner last night after a show, which I'll talk about in a second here, but talking to the bartender and I, I picked a bar um, slash restaurant that was purposely like dead because I, w- I, I wanted to just like relax, watch some uh, hockey highlights and not talk to too many people. But I'm talking to the guy at the, I'm talking to the bartender and you know, I'm here by myself for work. Like I'm having a fun time, but uh, he had asked, it was like 1030 at night at that point. He was like, so you got any big plans for the night? I was like, man, I already had my full day. Like I'm going back to bed. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm here for work. So I'm by myself. And you know, it's, it's a fun experience, but it's a lot to take in by yourself. And he's like, yeah, it takes a, definitely takes a certain type of person to experience or to have a good time in Vegas by yourself. And he was like, I, and I am not that person. I was like, Hey, preaching to the choir, bud same here so i'm happy to have some of my fun but i'm not here to um i'm not here to gamble i haven't gambled anything and i won't i'm just kind of here to relax and uh i don't have to work till tuesday which is nice um so i got two more open days here in vegas but yesterday was my day that was like built out with stuff today is just like hanging out by the pool maybe catch the cubs game on national TV, because uh, at 4 p.m. West Coast time, Pacific Coast time, kills me, because I feel like by the time you know eight or nine o'clock hits, everyone else in the world is asleep, and you're just kind of hanging out, having a good time, which is fine. But there's just you know it's just like, what am I supposed to do here? And then you wake up at seven in the morning and it feels like all your friends have already had half their days so far. So yeah, I know it's, it seems kind of silly to complain about time zones, but I'm really not a fan of the, the, the West coast time zone. And I don't think I would enjoy it here. So, and we're getting, we're getting there. I promise I'm looking at my, uh, um, my list of things to talk about and we're, we're getting there. Uh, last night, had a great uh, opportunity. So James Taylor, the legendary guitarist and singer, has uh, been in residency at Caesar's Palace Coliseum for a little while now, and I think he's there for a little bit more. But I had a chance to go see him. I uh, when I was looking at like concerts slash people things to see in Vegas for this weekend, um, there were a couple different options. But James Taylor was by far like not only the person I really wanted to see more than anybody else, but to like the most cost effective option. I think I paid like 40, 45 bucks for this ticket. So going to Caesar's palace, uh, auditor or, um, Coliseum also a little tricky to find if you don't really know where you're going, because like MGM grand, it is just a effing labyrinth in there, but get in there. Concert is at seven 30. I get to my seat about seven and, this was rough. So I'm sitting in the second to last row in the entire Coliseum. So you're pretty high up there. Um, the views are fine, but are you know it's 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 a little far away. I get to my seat. Oh boy, on my left, we'll call him Texas Todd, and on my right. We'll call him Elephant Seal Ernie. Oh my God. Two of the biggest people 
I have ever seen in my life. And I'm not just talking big, like wide. These guys were both well over six feet tall and both had to be brushing on 350, 400. And it's not an exaggeration. Holy cow. And I'm, I always feel like a big guy when I'm sitting in tight cramped spaces. But when you're surrounded by Texas Todd and Elephant Seal Ernie, oh, Lord, I felt like I was on the spirit flight from hell for about two hours as I watched James Taylor, which was a shame because the concert was fantastic. I'm talking, I'm sitting there minding my own business before just trying to survive and thinking to myself how the hell am I going to survive the next two, two and a half hours sitting like this? Our shoulders hunched, crunched in, elbows digging into my my belly here, my hands looking like I'm about to go down a water slide, crossed over my chest, knees basically touching because they had to be, because the left knee of Elephant Seal Ernie and the right knee of Texas Todd were just, oh my God. They, mm, I am give, it's giving me nightmares just thinking about it. So I'm sitting there minding my own business. Texas Todd is actually a nice guy. He's from Texas, if you couldn't tell. Strikes up a conversation. We're talking about work, talking about, um, oh, he had this phone app called Shazam where if you don't you know they're playing music over the the PA before the concert starts no open or anything like that but and he didn't know what what a song was and he pulled out his app and apparently it was ELO or something I don't know but so we're, we're talking about that he was a nice guy but not a ton of space he was nothing size wise compared to Elephant Seal Ernie this man was holy i can't even begin to describe to you how much this guy was i wasn't talking to him he was talking to his wife but he was very chatty he liked to be on his phone as did elephant seal ernie um during the concert they like to pull out their phone just do some emails send some text messages but what i love about these guys and i should mention uh they were both probably around 50 so they're not geezers, but they're not young men anymore. Um, they really like their phone brightness. Like, if you're going to pull out a phone at a concert or a movie theater or any of that stuff where your phone's going to be distracting to other people, you can, I mean, okay, whatever. Sometimes you got to do stuff, but at least have your phone brightness all the way down, right? Because the lights are all the way off. Uh-uh. These guys both have their phone brightness, not only like at a normal level. It's like, imagine you were out in the direct sunlight and you were doing your best to see your phone screen. That's where the brightness level was at for these two gentlemen. Elephant Seal Ernie. So <laughs> James Taylor throughout the concert, you know, in between songs will introduce members of the band. And he's playing with an all-star band, guys from um, all different music uh, worlds, different bands themselves, really good stuff. But every single time, and I mean pretty much every single time um, James Taylor would introduce one of the band members. Apparently, 
uh, Elephant Seal Ernie didn't know who was in the band beforehand, but he had his suspicions. And here, here comes some language because I'm going to quote. But every time James Taylor would be like, and here's so-and-so on the drums, Elephant Seal Ernie in a very loud tone of voice while people are just like calmly clapping, applauding the introduction, you say, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. Fucking A. Yes. 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 Fucking A. Yes, I knew it. And he did that for, I think, every single band member except for one. You say, oh, my God. It was him. I knew it. Fucking A. Fucking A. Um, poof. It, it, it got tired quick. And it was... And this is all the while being scrunched in the smallest amount of personal space I think I've ever experienced. You know those hotels in Tokyo you can rent where they just kind of like, or rent, sleep at, um, where they just kind of like slide you into the pod? That makes the space I had last night look like Paris Hilton's Orange County Mansion because I can't even begin to describe to you. It didn't matter how like crunched my shoulders were it didn't matter what I was doing with my knees because the knees of elephant seal Ernie and Texas what are we calling Texas Todd um they they pushed my knees together pretty quickly so it was a lot I'm getting worked up here getting some water but boy James Taylor puts on a great show it's a little bit tougher to enjoy sandwiched in between Texas Todd and Elephant Seal Ernie. So the two of you will uh, go down in infamy. I hope you guys have a fun time in Vegas, Texas Todd. I hope you and your wife have a safe trip back to Texas and then Elephant Seal Ernie. I don't even know what your deal is or where you're from. Oh, they're starting the Phantom Menace now. This is interesting because yesterday... They went on Star Wars. They went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and Rogue One. Eight movies, three hour time slot for each, I assume. Today, when I woke up at about 8 30, they were doing Empire Strikes Back. So I'm trying to think how, what did they start with? And obviously, they played four at some point before five, but there had to have been another movie that they played. So I'm not exactly sure what they did. I will say that I fell asleep right when rogue or I got home right when rogue one was ending at midnight, the end of stars marathon. I didn't, I didn't think TBS was going to play anything today, but they didn't show star Wars at the stroke of midnight, right? Rogue one ended. Then they went to other programming. So I just assumed, okay, that's the end of the stars marathon. Well, I wake up again today and they're doing it again. So maybe they just started a new hope at, I don't know, five or six or something. And But I, I'm not sure what movies they're cutting out. We'll worry about that later. But that was James Taylor, Vegas, still going on. Uh, what's the deal, though, with the kids in, uh, in, in Vegas? Um, man, there are so many families here. And they're just like walking around, having a good time, strollers. But what do you even when you're a when you're a family in Vegas? Like, what do you even do? 
I mean, I feel like Vegas is built around drinking, gambling, and some prostitution on the side, some light prostitution. So, like, outside of going to a show, and granted only about 25% of the shows here are family-oriented, outside of going to 25% of the shows, what do you do as a family? Now, this is ironic for me to say because about 16 or 17 years ago, my family went to Vegas just for a night as part of a stopover trip to the Grand Canyon. And I think we just like walked down the strip for like two hours or something. (sighs) Maybe that's what all these families are doing. But if I was a parent, I would be so bummed out to be like, yeah, let's take the family to Vegas so we can walk down the strip for two hours and then like eat dinner and go to bed. I don't know. It just seems like such an expensive place to do that. Um, but yeah, a lot of kids in Vegas. I like when you're just like um, <laughs> walking around the casino downstairs or like at Caesar Palace. And there's just like a kid running around. There's like no parents in sight. I assume mom and dad are just like gambling or something. But they're just, yeah, just running around like, dude, cigarettes, liquor. This is a good place to be a kid. Maybe kids grow up faster in Nevada. I don't know. We should we should ask some people about that. But um, you guys remember that those Sigrid, uh, what are they named? Siegfried and Roy, the Tiger guys. Do they both live? Because I think Siegfried got nailed by one of those tigers, and they had to shoot it or something. But I don't really remember. What are you? And you know, what do you? What do you think those guys are doing these days? If that's your career, your whole thing is this huge Vegas show. I'm sure they made a lot of money, but like, I mean, they haven't been out there for ten, fifteen years. What do, What do you do now? Are they a zookeeper? Maybe Maybe Roy is a best selling author, writing about his experience getting mauled by a tiger. I don't know. We should reach out to Siegfried and Roy and see if we can get them on the podcast. Always advocating for landing bigger, uh, bigger names on the podcast. So, um, I, let's let's get to the ads here, and then we're going to what the actual purpose of this podcast was <clears throat> to be to or to to read our top ten horse names for 2019. Right, we did that last year, had a lot of fun, and we're going to do it again this year. Um, we'll talk briefly about the Kentucky Derby. I don't have too many thoughts. I know yesterday was a big day, and a lot of stuff happened, but. I don't actually have that many reflections because I'm not that well informed. So let's read some ads here. <sighs> Let me get some water first. I'm drinking water this morning. You guys are, should be proud of me because yesterday this time I was already at the pool drinking uh, yeah, rum and coke. And that's going to be me in about half an hour here. I'm going to get to the pool a little bit later. Hopefully it's still not too overly crowded. Hopefully there's a place to uh, to lie out. So, let's get some water here. Got a little sunburn yesterday. Not too bad. I was like over, overprotective with the sunscreen. Still managed to, to get a little bit of burn going. So at least now I know where my my uh, my missed spots are. But Home Pride, Oregon, are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. 
Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate stranglehold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified inspector you can trust, call Steve at 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. That's 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon Inspection Perfection. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. That's not what it was, but you guys go back. 20, 25 minutes in the recording, you can hear me do it because it hurt my voice. Uh, shout out to the Samson Q2U series. I don't know if this audio is coming through Samson or if it's coming through my computer, but either way, you can hear it. When you get to the Samson Q2U series, you're getting that crisp, clean audio quality that your body deserves. <laughs> That's not what I... I'm watching I'm watching Phantom Menace, and they're in the scene early in the movie where they got Palpatine on the, um, on the projector there, the holograph. And um, it's his chest like he's uh, the the image is not clear. So they like the different waves like make his body look crazy. There's a really good um, prequel meme. It's like the picture of that caught at the perfect frame. It just says thick. Um, But Samson QTU series. Remember when God speaks, he uses a Samson. Uh, TV Guide, haven't had a new one since that Game of Thrones one that we referenced. Um, we talked about it a little bit when Walt was on the podcast almost a month ago now, um, or pretty much a month ago. So I don't really have any new updates for you. Still waiting for that John Goodman one, though. Uh, I mentioned we were going to have a little shout-out to Cinco de Mayo. And uh, you guys know my haircutting business, Cuts by Q. Got some good press recently when I gave myself a haircut. And... Um, it, it turned out pretty good. I'm looking at myself in the mirror right now. Not too shabby, dude. Dude, you look good. But let's read a little Cuts by Q in Espanol. So I took, I I took, uh, let's see, what, one year of Spanish in college? And I think you guys are going to be impressed. Cuts by Q. Bob E. L. Tejido. Todos Consemos el peinado a todos nos encanta. Pero cuantos barberos independientes con sede en el centro de Baltimore pueden realmente otorgarte la forma que mereces? Ingrese cuts por Q. Es como enter Sandman, pero diferente. Cuts be Q. Oh. The first time it says cuts por Q, now it says cuts by Q. I don't know which one it's going with. Cuts by Q es de propiedad y operación independiente desde 1995. I don't know what that number is in Spanish. It didn't translate. Y es probablemente una de las mejores operaciones de barbería que sirven a la ciudad de Baltimore, el condado de Baltimore y el condado de Cook, Illinois. Desde colmenes a explosiones, forjas a superficies planas y todo lo demás. Llame a cuts all Q. Now it says cuts all Q. So we've had cuts poor Q, cuts by Q, and cuts all Q. Al 815. Oh, wait, no, I can do this. 
ocho, uno, cinco, dos, nueve, ocho, siete, dos, zero, zero. O al correo electrónico cuts by q at yahoo.com. SOS cuts QUTZ por q yahoo.com. Oh, cuando necesites algo nuevo, rápido y nuevo, llama a los expertos a Cuts by Q. And in the song, it returned back to Cuts by Q. So thank you to all the sponsors for supporting our podcast. Okay, the the final stretch here. Uh, the top 10 horse names of 2019, the eagerly anticipated top 10 horse names from 2019 i listened to the top 10 horse names from 2018 on the plane ride from atlanta out here they were fun i liked the names some of the ones that come to mind remember uh episcopalian is still my overall top horse name of all time but we also had good ones like stamford raffles who was the founder of modern singapore we had ticonderoga and uh, a whole slew of other fun names. But here, let's jump right into it. Let's not waste any more time so that we can get this episode uploaded for you, the fans. And so I can go drink some rum and coke by the pool and read my book and try to not get burnt again. And hopefully find a spot because I've heard after 11 or so it's impossible to find a spot. And it's 10.02 right now. And it takes, that's the other thing with, and I'm not joking, from my hotel room door to the pool complex, about, oh, I don't know, 15, 16 minutes on foot. It's that long. It's not, it's not even like you always say, oh, it'll be about 15 minutes. No, it's, I start walking now. It's 15 minutes until I get to the pool. That's how far away it is. Um, So number one, we revealed it uh, already, but it's Pentateuch. P-E-N-T-A-T-E-U-C-H. It's another biblical term, although Episcopalian is not a biblical term. It's a religious term, I believe. But Pentateuch is very much, um, well, also, I don't know if Pentateuch appears as a word in the Bible, but Pentateuch, if any of you don't know, in the Hebrew Bible, refers to the first five books, um, also known as the Old Testament, so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So that's our overall top number one horse name for the year. But that's not a surprise to the four of you who listen every week. Uh, Number two, two, four, T. I like this because it goes a couple different ways. So two for T, classic jazz song. Also two, four, T, like the number 240. And then also it's spelled T-O-O space F-O-U-R space T-E-E. So it's a different it's different than if you had two for T, T W O F O R T E A. This is two like the adverb two, four like the number four, and T like a golf T. So there's there's some play on words there. It takes a little bit of a higher uh perception level, a higher IQ, I guess, to understand it. Number three, F train to Brooklyn. I like this because it's an actual train. But also in the office, uh, there's a Christmas party episode where BJ Novak is like, who's making drinks around here? And I think Oscar is like, all right, I'll make your drink. And um, BJ Orion is like, I'll take an F train to Brooklyn extra bitters. 
<laughs> and it's always been a funny name to me. I looked it up. It's not a real drink. Um, there is no F train to Brooklyn as far as I can tell. Uh, but now in, in you know, 20 years, you're watching the Derby and you see F train to Brooklyn pull up in first place. You know who came up with that idea. Number four. It's nothing it's it's nothing flashy but in another way it's very flashy. It's chandelier. Right? This is kind of one of those things you don't think you don't hear it right away and you don't say, "Oh my god, that's a great horse name." But then you start thinking about it. It's simple. It's one word, but it's got three syllables, chandelier, and you're just thinking like, "Wow, it's classy. It's elegant." If I lost to a horse named Chandelier, I wouldn't be bummed even because, well, you kind of you're going up a, uh, against a great horse like chandelier and you're just thinking it's it's french so it's elegant elegant but it's kind of got that wild side to it and i think that's what you're getting with the horse named chandelier so that's number 4 number 5 getting a little historical with you but i like it it honors our country and honors america and the, the number five horse name for 2019 is Crossing the Delaware. Iconic George Washington picture, iconic scene, leaving Valley Forge or going to Valley Forge. I don't know which one, but Crossing the Delaware, probably the most patriotic horse you'll ever find. I'm thinking maybe it's uh, it's. It's like color scheme could be a little red, white, and blue action. And maybe the number could be 13 for 13 colonies. And also 13 because it's going to be bad luck when you lose to crossing the Delaware. Number six, a little literary reference going here. Ricky Ticky Taffy. So you might be familiar with Ricky Ticky Taffy, who is a... uh, mongoose maybe a weasel i don't know and it's a uh, rudyard kipling i believe <coughs> novel or short story about a uh whatever it is a, a a weasel or a mongoose or a mink or something like that that protects its family from a cobra wow look out cobras are crazy in uh <coughs> colonial india i believe india or pakistan something like that but this is a little spin on it. It's Ricky Ticky Taffy, like Laffy Taffy. Is Taffy actually a thing, or is it is is there a Toffee and a Taffy? If so, what's Taffy? I don't know. Rhymes with Daffy, Daffy Duck. But number number six for us this year is Ricky Ticky Taffy. Number seven, kind of going back to this uh, chandelier type way of thinking. It's, but it's not just one word. It includes the definite article, the alchemist, the alchemist or the alchemist. So not only are, you're not only losing to a horse with just a cool one word name like alchemist, you're losing to like the boss, right? He's like the doctor, like the professor is here. Class is in session. The alchemist just turned this whole Churchill down slop into his own private playing field for turning slop into gold the alchemist is going to be one of those horses that likes the slop because he turns that slop into gold and he's going for gold in the 2037 kentucky derby only 18 years away i'll be 
42, which is Jackie's number. I better start saving up some more money. Number eight, a uh, a tribute to where we uh, came from. Most, a lot of us in the Fernai family, everyone, literally everyone, except for my oldest brother Walt, has worked at a Kmart at some point in time, and it is Blue Light Special. So there aren't very many Kmart's left in the world, and a lot of people these days don't even know what a Blue Light Special is, but it's also the, the number eight horse name for 2019 is Blue Light Special, so go ask uh, your mom, go ask your dad what a blue light special was. And they'll probably first tell you, oh, well, I listened to the Beantown podcast. It's Quinn's number eight horse name for this year. But then they might also tell you, oh, at Kmart, it was this, this thing where they announced it in the store and go find the blue light, all that stuff. So ask, ask your, ask your, your elderly, um, officials what the blue light special was. Number nine, we've got two left here. They're both good. One is going to involve us getting some uh, rights from Roald Dahl, but number nine is two minutes for roughing. It's a little bit longer, but I like it because it's another, it references another sport name. So two minutes for roughing, a classic hockey penalty. Usually they, they dole those out after a fight and they're oftentimes offsetting penalties, but two minutes for roughing. This is going to be your horse that gets in there rough tumbling type of horse and he's taking names and he probably likes the slop too number 10 everlasting gobstopper which also sounds like a sex toy you can buy in las vegas <laughs> but everlasting gobstopper from Roald Dahl's timeless children's novel charlie and the chocolate factory um, again, probably going to need to acquire some rights, but oh, I think I think the Roald Dahl estate would be very generous. I'll offer I'll I'll offer to pay them a thousand dollars for the rights to use um, Everlasting Gobstopper, and they can give it to charity or something. Uh, overall thoughts on the Kentucky Derby? I got to watch it yesterday. It's weird on the West Coast because post time is about. 3:45, which is just crazy early for a derby but uh the race itself i felt was very boring tbh um who was the what was the name of the horse that mickey mantle or something that <clears throat> basically led the whole way was the favorite and then got dq'd man what was that horse's name it's so the one that won was Country House, which I keep wanting to call it Country Comfort because that's an Elton John song. But no, it's Maximum Security was the favorite. What five to two odds, and then um, led every like the whole race wasn't that exciting. Got a little close heading into the home stretch, but then he pulled away. Um, so the race itself is not, I, I the literally the race ends. I watch it for like two or three minutes. They're interviewing the jockey, um, tried to interview the horse, but didn't have much to say. I turned back to the Cubs game because those Cubs cards is a really close game. Um, and the Cubs won by one run, but I turned back on a commercial just to like, 
actually because I the Blue Jackets Bruins game was starting after that, and I was like, oh, let me watch this hockey game. Well, they still had it on the Derby, and I realized they're in replay. But the whole time, I'm just thinking to myself, this is such like an old institution. If they've never changed it like this, this is all just for the spectacle. They're not actually going to change it. And then they did. So uh, maximum security DQ'd. Got a feel for that horse. Is that the horse's fault or is that the jockey's fault? I don't really know. It's kind of embarrassing either way. First time a horse has ever been DQ'd at the Kentucky Derby, or at least the winning horse has ever been DQ'd. So that was crazy. Uh, for what it's worth, I had a uh, a free $10 from you know an online website, sign up, whatever, to bet. And I wanted a value pick. So I picked win, win, win. And I don't think they mentioned win, win, win more than once uh, in the actual race. He was way behind early, and then his whole thing was he's supposed to be a really good closer. His other big thing was he's supposed to be really good in the slop. So I'm like, oh, this is this this could work out. And his value is 15 to 1. Nothing. Started behind, fell behind, stayed behind. Never made a move really of any kind. Although no, no horse is really like made a huge move they they were saying that maybe one or two of the horses that kind of got effed over by the what they ended up dqing maximum security for were potentially about ready to make a move um when things were tightening up going to the home stretch but nobody from like third or fourth back really did anything so uh i still never had a mint julep i don't know what is even in a mint julep is it bourbon i assume i don't know people out there listening the two of you who like know how to make drinks are probably laughing at me right now i don't know what's in a mint julep i i've been to to louisville multiple times in my life i've even seen churchill downs and never like been to churchill downs but um kentucky derby another one in the books this is 145 we'll see if for preakness in two weeks which is funny because Preakness is in Baltimore where I live uh, at Pimlico, but tickets are pretty expensive and it's kind of like Las Vegas where it's like a fun thing to do. I'm sure when you have a group of friends that are excited about it, but when it's just you, it's just kind of like, eh, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing here. So I will not go to I will not go to Pimlico for this year's race in two weeks. Um, I'm sure it's a good time, but it's just not. I don't know. It's not something I want to do by myself. So that's that's what's going on. Um, that's about all I got for you. We are we are going to keep it under the hour mark. When I'm at fifty eight ten right now, so I got about a minute of vamping left, but. Uh, if anyone has any comments, concerns, questions, grievances, complaints, you can always email us beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. That's beantown, B-E-A-N, podcast at yahoo.com. I want to thank everyone for listening. Our first ever episode from the state of Nevada and Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm going to upload this so you can enjoy your Sunday listening to it. As I know that's how you all like to spend your Sunday afternoons. And I'm going to go sit by the pool. So uh, pray for my skin, right? I got SPF 50, which it that, 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 that stuff's working overtime. I'll tell you that much. And I don't know, got to eat something at some point. Haven't eaten anything yet, but that's that's what we prepared for you. 
as we hit minute number 60 here. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Don't forget to head to beantownpodcast.com for all of our newest episodes, as well as the Beantown blog. You can also find the Beantown podcast on places like SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play, not CastBox yet because I haven't made the time to actually upload it, and I probably won't. But um, check out this Star Wars marathon while it's still on if you get the chance. Liam Neeson has never looked better. Phantom Menace, 20 years old this year. I believe that, 20 years. So for all of us here at Beantown Podcast, we'll come to you live next week for our Mother's Day special from Beantown USA. But that's what we got for you. And uh, everyone be nice to each other. And watch out for uh, uh, Texas Todd and Elephant Seal Ernie. So, all right. We'll, we'll see you later. Have a good one.